There's an ancient phrase, the gods are angry at us. When you think about that phrase, uh, and if you were to go to the history, there is a group of people that felt if the crops didn't harvest, if the weather was bad, if there were tornadoes, the gods must be upset. That if the world is chaotic, that God must be angry. In this past year of chaos and pain and reflection, how many of you have asked the question, is God angry at us? Perhaps even in your personal life, you've even asked this question, is God angry at me? Is the chaos in my life some way that God is expressing his anger? This morning, our main point is this. It's that God is faithful in the chaos. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians uh, 5. We're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians 5.24. Now, just as a reminder, we're in a series, uh, Words to Live By. If you're here in person, you can grab a card. If you're online, we have a text. We want to take one verse of the Bible, every speaker that's up here, and have you apply that verse. So we want to give you a verse. We want you to reflect on it. And that's hopefully what we're modeling on Sunday morning. So like I said, turn to 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. Now, just a little background before we get into this passage. Uh, 1 Thessalonians is one of the most encouraging books of the Bible, Paul wrote this letter to a group of people that he was really fond of, Paul being the author and the apostle and pastor of of this church. And this section that we find ourselves in in 1 Thessalonians 5, it's the closing section of encouragement. So let's read this one verse together. Not as short as Jesus wept, but pretty short. So this is what it says. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Why don't we all say that together? The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Now, you read a verse like that, and you think that's a pretty straightforward, powerful verse. God is faithful. God is with us. But there's some of us that are here that we would look at that verse as cliche. So, Sometimes people say things like this, let go and let God. And to some people, that's really, really encouraging. For others of you here, whether you're doubting or you wonder if God's angry at you, what am I letting go? What am I letting God? Am I supposed to do nothing? And you hear a verse like that and you think, yeah, God is faithful. Yeah, he will do it. But what will he do? How is he faithful? The chaos of this past year has me questioning God's faithfulness. In Acts 17, 1 through 9, it, it records the story of the Thessalonian church. When Paul and his counterpart Silas go to Thessalonica and they go and they preach the gospel, there was an amazing response. So the people, they were Gentiles, there were, there were Jews, there were people of different ethnicities that were coming to know who Jesus was, and their lives were being changed, and they were working together, and it was this beautiful picture, but the problem was, was this. As they were sharing about Jesus, as they were talking about what Jesus was doing in their lives, people began to wonder if they were comparing Jesus to Caesar, 
See, most often people in ancient times, they worshiped their kings, they worshiped Caesar. And so what began to happen was this little church began to get ostracized and persecuted and their lives became chaotic. And the religious backgrounds that they came from, they began thinking this, is, is everything that I'm facing, is the chaos in my life because we didn't execute a sacrifice right? Is it because we didn't do the religious practice right? Is God angry at us? They wrestled with this question. You know, as we think about this verse, as we try to apply it to our own lives, I want to read just the background of what Nijay Gupta, who's a scholar for the book of Thessalonians, says. And he says this, perhaps some of the Thessalonians, for some of the Thessalonians, their concern was a set on information. What happened in our community? What will happen next? How can I be spared? How can I appease an angry God? But according to Paul, their concern should be set on formation. How can I grow in holiness to obedience to God? How can I bring wholeness to my entire self? How can I ensure that I have nothing to hide when Jesus returns? I want to highlight two truths from this passage. The first one is this. We know more today, but we remember less of the past. We know more today, but remember less of the past. If I was to kind of take the catchphrases from 2020 and 2021, it would be about information. Make sure that you get the right data and learn and Google this. Read this article. Did you see this documentary? Did you read this report? What does this CDC say? We're all trying to get information. And I, I want you to hear this as your pastor. I pray that you are informed. I pray that you're learning. But there's one point, there's at some point that we take that information and we think that it will curb our anxiety. And there's a point that almost having too much information causes more and more anxiety. And in the great words of Dr. Phil, the great American philosopher, how's that working for us? God is the God of the past and the present and the future. So God is with us in the past, he's with us right now, and he'll be there with us in the future. But every once in a while, we get so present-focused, we get so future-focused. If I just have the right information, if I just have the right statistics, if I just read the right article, if I'm just right about that, we think that we'll be set to go. But the problem is, is that causes more and more anxiety. And that brings us to the first part of this verse. And it says this, he who calls you is faithful. He who calls you is faithful. So to a people that felt like God was angry at them, to a people that, that felt like the chaos was their fault, can you imagine hearing that? God is faithful. What Paul is trying to do in this passage is he's saying this, don't forget what God's done in your life. Don't forget about his faithfulness. How has God been faithful? Number one, Paul wanted them to remember the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. It's not just good advice. It's not just telling you how to live to a people that felt like they had to earn God's love and earn God's favor, that maybe God was upset with them. He says, no, no, the good news of the gospel changes you. 
to think about the beauty of this church, a group of Jews and Gentiles that were coming together. They were getting to know who Jesus was. He said, don't forget that Jesus gave up the riches of heaven to walk among us, that he was poor, that he suffered and died on a cross and he resurrected from the dead so that when you pray, he knows. But the second part of it, God is faithful. God is faithful in the past to be able to look back and say this. There are certain things about the Thessalonian church that Paul saw. He saw them growing. One of the most repeated phrases in Thessalonians is we thank God for you. Now, if you read the rest of the New Testament and the letters that Paul wrote, he didn't always say, we thank God for you. And the reason he says that, the reason he points back to that is because he believes in how God is shaping them and forming them, how God is encouraging them. And he's saying, don't forget that God is faithful. You know, when we think about our own lives, we need to remember the gospel we don't change ourselves. We don't make ourselves more and more like Jesus. No, it's actually him changing us through his death and resurrection. But the second thing we need to remember is even in this past year, you might have had a terrible year. Maybe this year was just, you know, it wasn't as bad as some people, but we need to be able to look back at this last year and say this, how is God faithful? How is God working how is God encouraging me despite everything that was happening? So just this year, as you saw in the video with Tricia, we, uh, we invited our daughter, well, my wife had our daughter, Lucy. Uh, Lucy was born in February. And I can remember um, saying these, uh, thank you, yeah, <laughs> give, a, give a hand clap for my wife. Um, I can remember saying these words to my wife. I said, who has a baby in a pandemic? And then a few weeks later, she said, we're pregnant. And so that became the parental anxiety of now we're going to have a baby in the middle of a pandemic. We have to prepare for the hospital. We were concerned that Haley was going to have to quarantine. What if I had to quarantine and, and Robin was at the hospital alone? We had to just, there was an extra set of planning and we were watching the information like a hawk. We were reading the data. When I was up at two in the morning, I was checking the CDC because we wanted to make sure that we were informed. But at some point, that information became anxiety. And as I think about that, and as I think about this last year, we, we got to the hospital. And in this beautiful moment, I'm holding my daughter, Lucy. And as we're in the hospital, I'm holding Lucy. I'm thinking, man, this baby is so beautiful. But like many of you that are parents, I'm asking this question, what in the world is her future going to look like? What kind of world did we have her in? And, and even, even to this point, what I begin to ask and wonder is, is, how do I get Lucy the right information? How do I get my daughter Haley the right information? You know, how do we prepare as parents with, with the next crisis, with the next problem that comes up? How do we walk with these children? And so my wife and I, we talk and we read articles and at some point we're anxious. And as it was mentioned, my daughter got dedicated. Lucy got dedicated last, last week. And there was a moment that we were all praying together. And as I was thinking about this last year, and I was thinking about parenting, and I was thinking about this message, in this moment, 
as my family, as my mom and dad were there, as my wife and her family were there. And then there was my 99-year-old wife's grandma that was there as we were praying for her and we're praying for Lucy. And it just hit me. He who is faithful, or he who calls you is faithful. It hit me how faithful God had been. You know, Grandma Elliot walked through the Great Depression. I also think about, you know, Bob and Kathy, my in-laws, how many things that they've walked through. I think about my parents, you know, my parents who had a daughter that had cancer. God had been faithful. And here's the deal. We need to be informed in the present. We need to hope for the future. We need to trust God. But never forget the faithfulness. If you do one thing as a parent and you remind your children that God is faithful, that will pay dividends years and years down the road. We've bought this lie that if we can just be informed enough, that if we can just know a ton, that we'll be okay. And again, like I said, there, there's a find harmony and balance to that. But as a parent in that moment, as I'm sitting there in that dedication, knowing that two years ago, my daughter Haley got dedicated and we walked through all of this, I began to see God is faithful. We, yeah, we can say amen to that. That's okay. We know a lot today. We have more information probably in some ways than we know what to do with but we need to remember more. God has walked with us. God has been faithful. When you engage your children, when you engage your grandchildren, when you engage, when you engage the people in your small group, are you reminding them of the faithfulness of God? So the first truth is this. We know more today, but remember less of the past. The second truth is this. We want quick fixes, but Jesus plays the long game. We want quick fixes, but Jesus plays the long game. So there's a point in this, me- in this verse that, that, um, G- that he will do it. It's the second half of it. He will do it. It's not just a Nike slogan, and you might be wondering, what's the it? What's, what's God going to do? And what Paul is referring to here is he will change you. He will form you. He will encourage you. In, in 1 Thessalonians 5.12, that's kind of where this section starts. Paul kind of turns into a fatherly type figure, a statesman, and he begins to give advice. And he says this, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all these circumstances. As you leave, some of you might even get the card that says that, or it might even be texted to you, whatever it is. But this verse, it's, it's this list of advice. It's this list of things to do. Now, As we read that, you can read that as, if God's angry at me, all I have to do is do this, 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 and this. But Paul closes with this verse because he's saying this, we don't do to earn God's favor. We don't do to appease an angry God. No, 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 no. God is faithful and he loves you and you respond to that. That's the power of closing with this little, little phrase, he will do it. Don't forget that God is working in your life. Don't forget that God is working behind the scenes. There's a pastor who used to lead a church in New York City. His name's Pete Scazzaro. He wrote a book called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. He's an author, and as a staff, we're reading this together to kind of grow and really take this point forward. And as I think about this 
point of that we want quick fixes, but Jesus plays the long game. Listen to what Pete Scazzaro says. He says, success is becoming the person God calls you to be and doing what God calls you to do in his way and according to his timetable. Success is becoming the person God calls you to become and doing what God calls you to do in his way and according to his timetable. He will do it in his way and in his timetable. We want quick fixes. I wish I could tell you that, that during this past year, it'd be nice if I could say a prayer, God would answer it and this pandemic would go away. I wish I could say a prayer and one of the crises and all these things that would happen are going away. But we have to realize this, God is a God about the long game. This was written to a group of people. This wasn't a, a cliche to throw at the Thessalonians. It wasn't just, no, no, don't worry, God's gonna do it. No, this was real encouragement and real hope that in the midst of of feeling a chaotic world in the midst of wondering where God really is, Paul is reminding them the same God of the gospel that has encouraged you and walked with you, the same God that is with you will do it. It might not be your timetable. It might be longer than you think. It might not be your way. You know, I, I think about relationships and how often we pray for God to change other people. And we're saying, God, change this person, change this person. But that's not God's way. God's way is usually change us first. And that takes longer and longer. I think about work. How often do we want a quick fix? We want, we want our, the culture of the organization that we work for fixed. We want our boss fixed. We want all of this fixed. I think about our family and our marriage and relationships is that sometimes God answers prayer like that. I don't want to discount God. But most often, if I was to sit down with those of you that have followed Jesus your whole life, God plays the long game. God plays the long game. The Bible that I'm using this morning it's my grandma's Bible. It says Florence Englert on the front of it. My, my grandma passed away in March of 2018. And as I was preparing for this message, I, I found this Bible and I just took a quick look at it. What I noticed is that she got this Bible in 1963. And in the front of it, there's certain places that asks, you know, about her marriage to my grandpa the birth of my dad and my three uncles. And it even had the deaths of her husband. And I'm just kind of reading through it. And even as I turned to First Thessalonians, there was underlines and highlights. And as I was thinking about this Bible, as I was thinking about this message, my grandma had a really, really hard life. She grew up in the Great Depression. Her father, my great-grandfather, had a mental breakdown during the Great Depression. She lost my grandpa when my dad was still in high school to cancer. And as I thought about this Bible, and I thought of it, that, that, that my grandma experienced chaos, that at times she might have wondered, is God angry at her? But I looked at all the highlights. I looked at each of the notes and the prayers that were here. There's things that she prayed for that weren't answered till decades down the road. There's scripture passages that she applied in her life that didn't come true till decades 
down the road. And if you would have asked her in 1963, did you know that someone in Rochester, New York is going to talk about your Bible? They're going to talk about how God's been faithful in your life. She probably said, no way. I think the same is true for you. If I was to go into your journal, whether you write it down or you put it on your iPhone, if I was to go to the places that you prayed, if I was to go to the highlights and the underlines in your Bible, there's things that God is doing today that you won't see fruition, maybe even for the rest of your life. And maybe someday your grandson or your granddaughter will be talking to their kids and they're going to hold your Bible up and they're going to say, God was faithful. Maybe it's your small group. Maybe it's your nieces and nephews because this God plays the long game. What's happening today, the chaos of today doesn't overshadow what God is going to do in the future. And when we forget that, we tend to go after quick fixes. But the reminder is this, is I'm holding Florence Englert's Bible that she had no clue would show up in Rochester, New York. And the same is true for you. There's prayers that you're praying today that God will do it. It just might not be in the way that you thought or in the timing you thought. There's things that God is doing in your life today. And as you look back at this past year, as difficult as it was, you'll look back and remember how God was faithful and that will be the story that you will tell the next generation. Jesus wants to play the long game in your life. So what if God's not angry at you? What if the chaos in your life is not that God's coming after you? What if the chaos in your life is this, is that God is revealing his faithfulness and encouraging you? What if God is changing you? I just want to close with two questions today. So what I'm going to encourage you to do if you're online or with us in person, you can grab a piece of paper, pull your phone out, maybe in the notes section. We're going to put these questions. But I want to give you a little time to respond to this message. I want to give you a little time to respond to this passage. The first question is this. Why don't we all take it? Um, The first question is, how has God been faithful to you in the last year? Just take a few moments right now, whether it's on your phone or writing it down. If you're still stuck in that question in a good way, that's fine. But I just want to give you a second question to think about. It's this, how is Jesus playing the long game in your life? Like I said, you can just sit and pray and just think about that. You can write it down, whether it's on a piece of paper or a note in your phone. But let's take a few moments to do that.
my daughter um, found this new song, and uh, I already feel old because as a three-year-old finds the cool songs, so she found this song called Highlands. And again, as I was thinking about this verse, that he who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And I think about the chaotic world. I just want to read the lyrics to this song. It says this, So I will praise you in the valleys, all the same. No less God within the shadows. No less faithful when the night leads me astray. Because you're the heaven where my heart is, in the highlands and the heartache all the same. You know, today, this is a message that you, you really reflect on. And as we sing this song, it reminds us of our main point, that in the midst of a chaotic world, whether it's the highest of highs or the lowest of valleys, that even in the heartache, God is faithful. The worship team's going to sing that with us as you kind of reflect and think about what God wants to do in your life.